When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Sam Gagne has scored his second goal of the season for the Winnipeg Jets. It's a power play marker. Jets lead the Avalanche. Oh, they just scored again. Pionk, 2-0 now. Jets leading the Avalanche with 6.39 left in the first period. That is truly a live update. This just handed to me. Neil Pionk has scored. Wow. I should I should have somebody hand me bulletins. That's the way to do it. Panthers lead the Flyers 2-1 after the first, and later the Blues take on the tentacle team. Blues are going to be here on Saturday afternoon to play the Oilers. It's the Hurricanes tomorrow on 6.30, Chad, 5.30 for the face-off show game at 7. Baseball, second inning, Yankees-Astros tied 1-1. And is this game still not over? Let's got to make sure here. Uh, Padres have won 8-5. Padres have won 8-5 over the Phillies in the NLCS. That series is tied 1-1. Basketball tonight, I got this on the tube here. Cleveland 55, Raptors 49. A minute and a half left in the second quarter. First game of the season for the Raptors. Elks game is Friday, 6 o'clock countdown to kickoff. 7.45 for the actual kickoff as uh, the Elks take on BC in what is the final game of the season for the Elks and BC trying to nail down second place and home field advantage in the West semifinal against the Calgary Stampeders once we get to the postseason. All right, 780-496-0063. We do have Jordan Martinuk coming up. Uh, you're going to hear a little bit from Jay Woodcroft's media availability today. Kellen, what do you have? Oh, we got a few messages here on a text line. We'll start off with Mr. TL, who took exception to my explanation of hot ones here, Reed. So so he says it's, it wasn't the premise of the show that I was talking about. Uh, he says the guest eats a wing, then answers a question from the host. The questions are very detailed and well-researched, and the hot wing gets spicier as they continue, causing the guests to get rattled and give a genuine response instead of giving a canned, and that's an air quotations, answer. Okay. Well, it's not air quotations. It's in written quotations because he wrote that in. Well, um, d- just to go. be picky about it. <laughs> okay. Well, first, Mr. TL, that's from? That's it. Yeah. And I, I assume uh, TL stands for uh, totally lucid. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but that's okay. I appreciate that text because I like learning and I like learning about weird television shows. So the, so the questions. Sorry, did he say the questions get harder and the wings get hotter? Yes. Deeper into the competition. Yes, okay. the questions are well, very detailed and well-researched. Yeah. I, I, might actually, uh, I might actually watch that. So it's, it's about making people uncomfortable with questions and with the, uh, the hotness of the food. Okay, yeah. I can get on board with that. I still think it's kind of a form of torture. But uh, at least when it comes to what you would see on a television show. But I, I appreciate that more detailed explanation from Mr. TL. All there right. we go. Uh, we've got Landon texting in and says, Reed, the NHL should let the Coyotes use Rexall Place so they can at least have an NHL stadium. Uh, well, I, I don't know if anybody could use Rexall Place, the condition it's in. But uh, they, 
I don't know. Could Edmonton support two NHL teams? That might be a fun question. Wow. I, I don't know if they could. Hmm. Share that building and the Oil Kings and concerts and other stuff that comes through there. Uh, Monday Night Raw, for example. Mm-hmm. Smaller events? I, I, don't, I, 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 don't know. I don't know if we have... I mean, there's, uh, there's always talk off and on over the years about Toronto getting another NHL team. And, and I'll never forget... Now, this was several years ago. And, and like, look, the Leafs are a very good team. I mean, they, they could win the Stanley Cup. They're, they're, they're a very good team. Um, I'm not saying they're going to win the Stanley Cup. I'm saying they're a very good team that you would put on a, a shorter list of contenders. So in the era where perhaps the Leafs weren't as good or were a little more mediocre, my, my buddy Jay Onright, who's on this show several times, and after growing up in Athabasca and living in Edmonton for a little bit as well, he, he's now, he's basically a, Tron, a Torontonian. Don't hold that against him. But I mean, that's where his career has taken him. And I remember him saying to me like several, several years ago that he, say, he said that the Toronto could support a second NHL team. And his theory was is that first of all, there are enough people. There are enough people who can't afford to go to Leafs games because I guess you would assume the second team wouldn't be as marquee as the Leafs. So maybe the prices would be a little bit cheaper. And he also said, there are a lot of people in Toronto who aren't from Toronto and hate the Leafs. So they might adopt this second Toronto team as their favorite team, just because they're not the Leafs. That's his theory. Now, the NHL is up to 32 teams. I, who knows if and when they're going to expand further. I, I don't know if Edmonton could support a second NHL team. They wouldn't be in Rexall Place. But the thing is, if you were going to bring the Coyotes, you'd put them in Claire Drake Arena because that's the closest comparable to where they're playing now, right? I mean, Claire Drake doesn't quite <laughs> hold this. Because I think that Arizona State Arena is going to be around 5,000. I think yes. Claire Drake, yeah. you can get close to 3,000 maybe if you pack people in and disobey some of the fire codes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Two NHL teams in, in Toronto, two NHL teams in Edmonton. I, I don't know if it would fly here because the Oilers are so popular and and there's such a huge brand and people who are Oilers fans are such huge Oilers fans and then a lot of people follow the team just by osmosis that I don't, I don't know if all of a sudden another team could have that sort of a draw. Right. Anyway, I, Landon was making a joke, and I turned into the, the, some sort of off, you know, half serious answer. Yeah, it was a, Landon. Hey, a Landon, serious answer. Yeah, Landon. I, Landon, wherever you are, I appreciate you. Okay. There we go. Yeah. And Kevin texts in tonight, and he just wants to say happy blockbuster anniversary, Reed Wilkins, and uh, well, be, people are, be kind, rewind. The, you know, that's the that's the third person who's made a blockbuster reference to me. It's like I started the company or something. It was my idea in 1985. I was 11. Boom, let's rent videos. I mean, I'm sure you could get the rights for it. <laughs> they they got to be cheap. They got to be at least 70, 80% off now, at least. Uh, well, hey, it's it's fun talking about Blockbuster and telling stories. I'm not going to go that way tonight, but it, it is a, a piece of nostalgia and just renting videos in general. Something special from uh, in the past for a lot of us. I got an email here, inside sports at 630ched.com from Red Dog who says, Reed, the Oilers were 8-8 eight and eight in the playoffs last year, and we lost Duncan Keith from that team. So let's keep expectations in check. That is from Red Dog. So that's how he looks at it. They uh, lost Keith. Now, the Oilers also added Campbell, uh, and, and you know Skinner's now a permanent goalie, but I, I, I guess that's fair. We, we've often focused on what the Oilers added over the summer. Red Dog is saying, that we lost a, a solid veteran experienced second pairing defenseman. So there's going to be a drop off while perhaps other players 
helps try to fill that role. Um, and, and I thought Duncan Keith, for the most part, was pretty good in the postseason. I mean, we talked about him a lot last year about that trade. And sure, he wasn't the Hall of Fame player that he was with Chicago, but I, I thought he helped the team overall. I, I, to me, what Red Dog is, is suggesting, and I, if you would allow me to read into your thoughts, Red Dog, um, are the Oilers at the moment, and there, there is a lot of track to cover, and there are going to be slumps, and every team's going to have at least one slump. Maybe this is going to be the Oilers' worst stretch of the season. We don't know. It could be. Everything unfolds a little differently. But are the Oilers right up there with some of the best teams in the league? I, I think there are still questions about how deep they are at forward. Are their third and fourth lines as good as some of the elite teams in the league? I think we saw against Calgary that right now the answer is no. Is their defense core as physical as it needs to be to potentially go through a long playoff run? I think right now the answer is no. Is it somewhat absurd of me to be bringing up concerns about playoff series before game four of the season? Yes, that's also somewhat absurd as well. But, you know, I get it. We're breaking everything down. And uh, I think the heart of Red Dog's message is well communicated. Inside Sports at 630Ched.com. Speaking of... uh, Okay, we'll do this quick, Kellen, before we get to the tape. We got a quick question from Joe on the phone line. Hi, are you there, Reed? Uh, yeah, Joe, what's going on? Just uh, I want to get your take on uh, Taylor Cornelius. Just, just a couple things first, Reed. Like I called back. This was uh, just when the Eskies were thinking about uh, signing Chris Jones. And the yep. question back then was, you know, should they sign him or should, you know, should they not, that kind of thing. I'm a big backer of Chris Jones. I think he's a smart guy. He knows football. It just the whole season is a little bit disappointing, especially on the defense for Chris. But more importantly, or the reason I'm calling is, what's your take on Taylor Cornelius? What do you, what do you see? I think Taylor Cornelius has a big arm. I think he has proven to me over the course of the year that he's very resilient and can play with some toughness. I think his the games where he plays very well are, are, are very good games. Like he at, at times he looks like a high-end quarterback. I think consistency is an issue for him. And, you know, if you want to compare him to Riley, who was a great quarterback that was here, you know, you very rarely said about Riley, oh, man, he was off. You might say, ah, he was just okay, but still good. And then when he was great, he was great. I think Cornelius's problem is that his bottom end is still quite mistake prone. Uh, I think he throws too many interceptions and I think he underthrows too many players. Uh, I think he'd probably be a great backup. I'm not convinced he's a CFL starter, but I understand why they gave him the contract extension because if they don't sign him, who do, who do we have? I know yeah. people are concerned about <laughs> Trey Ford. Trey Ford's played one game and then he got hurt and they won that game with a defensive touchdown. I also think bigger picture, the CFL is spending too much time with these global players and, and global spots, you know, which yeah. I, there are some great stories there. Let's make an extra spot for quarterbacks because this league is nothing without quarterbacks and right now I I think you might struggle to name a great quarterback other than Zach Kalaros and 20 years ago you could have named Ray Calvillo uh, Allen you know Glenn was still kicking around and and he was even probably a tear down from some of the other guys you know McManus like you identified teams by their quarterbacks I don't think we have that now. I mean, maybe Bo Levi has been in Calgary for a long time. So that's my uh, small picture and big picture answer. Yeah. You know, what I think, Reed, is that 
No, no, I agree. A lot of, uh, you know, we agree on a lot of things, but people have compared uh, Cornelius to Ricky Ray a lot. And I think you, you've heard that before. Um, but what I see with him is he just, the, the killer instinct, he, he just doesn't have that. Now, I think, was Trevor Harris and, and Cornelius on the, same, on the Elks at the same time? Uh, yeah, they would have overlapped last year, oh, sure. See, yep. it's, I was, like, what I see that would really benefit Cornelius is if he had someone, like an older quarterback, that he could, you know, he could uh, take under his wing and show him how to win. Like, he, what I see with Cornelius is that he kind of accepts the losing. You know, I don't see the killer instinct. we never seen that with Ricky Ray. But Ricky Ray, just like you talked about, he never had a bad day, it seemed. Or if he did, it, it was doesn't like like Cornelius is, is really up and really down. So I think it would be a big benefit, like to the Elks, if they could. I don't know if money is the issue, but if they could bring a bring in a mature quarterback, a good quarterback, and so he could learn from for a year or two. I think that would that would really help him. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to address that position. I, I think he. I mean, I think he has a killer instinct. I just think their offense as a whole doesn't finish enough drives. And I mean, the, you know, what if they get an extra touchdown? You know, they, they, they beat Toronto in the first half, fair and square. They were up 16, six. I mean, what if it's 20 to six, you know, instead of 16, six or 24, six, that could have changed the entire game. Uh, Joe, I appreciate the call, man. Appreciate it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, he's gone. 780-496-0063. Appreciate the question. Okay. Uh, we got to get to a break here. I got my Jordan Martinuk interview coming up. We might have to push that back because I, I want to get to something from Jay Woodcroft. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Your home for all the news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. It is 6.52, Oilers game in this time slot tomorrow. I will join you for the face-off show at 5.30. They take on the 3-0 Carolina Hurricanes at 7. Uh, so I taped that interview with Jordan Martinuk. We'll have to push that back a little bit. Got talking with you guys. Got Joe calling in. So we'll do that in the second hour of the show. He was uh, fun to talk to. I had never met him before. Uh, Jalen Nye's husband taught him drama in high school. Side note. Trivia. Hashtag. All right. So... We were talking a little bit about uh, the Oilers' season so far here. Where are they going? What do they need to work on? They referenced after the loss to Calgary, I think it was Nugent Hopkins who said it, they needed to win more puck battles in front of both nets, in front of their own net, in front of the other team's net. I think that was a big problem against the Flames. They they just weren't able to uh, get rid of rebounds and push bodies out of the way and things like that. I, I'm going to be honest with you. It's obviously disappointing to lose and I realized there were a couple of errors last night, but I, I have trouble nitpicking last night's game. Okay, you know, they gave up a breakaway. Dreisaitl missed the pass to Yamamoto. 
Rob Brown described that Barry has to play safety in that situation. Four guys on the rush is fine. You can't have five. They get a breakaway. Of course there were mistakes. But I also think the the Oilers outshot Buffalo 2-1, to one, including 23-5 in the third period. Buffalo clearly made some mistakes and couldn't keep the Oilers away from, from their own net very well. So, you, you know, you'd hope in that situation, most of the time you're going to solve the hot goalie or the goalie won't be that hot and you'll get the win. So, I, you know, a loss is a loss. I, and I'm not, you know, I, I know don't say it's a moral victory. I'm not saying that. I, I'm just saying it, you, you have to recognize the game flow and you got to give Comrie credit for winning that game for the Sabres. But I, I think maybe some concerns about against higher ed, end teams and, and Mark Spector was the one who asked these questions today from Sportsnet, so I'll give him credit there. He was the one who was bringing up the team toughness issue today. Who is really difficult to play against on the Oilers? Who's intimidating? Certainly Evander Kane. I think Hyman is hard to play against in his own way, maybe not in a run-you-through-the-boards type of way, but I think he's a difficult player to play against. McDavid and Dreisaitl can be difficult to play against because they're so darn skilled, but they can also get a little cheeky out there on the ice and give you the stick when needed. You know, I think Nurse on the back end has that quality. Maybe they're a little shy of that on defense. Rob Brown and I have talked about that after the last, last couple of games. Now, that can possibly address through a trade once we start to see how the uh, the season is going. But uh, anyway, Speck asked Jay Woodcroft a little bit about the Oilers' team toughness. I do think the power play is a, a way to keep the flies off, so to speak. You know, team toughness. I saw Warren Fogle st- stick up for a teammate yesterday. I thought that was a form of team toughness. Um, I think we have more than enough people that are capable of taking care of themselves or uh, the ability to take care of teammates that may be put in a vulnerable situation. Um, I think you know uh, that evolves over time you want to have um, a type of uh, pack mentality where nobody gets taken advantage of Um, but at the same time I think uh, that's developed over over a season as a team comes together all right And, and Woody has referenced that before that he thinks the power play can be used as a form of aggression or retaliation I suppose for the Oilers you want to push us around you want to try to draw us into something fine you take the penalty and we'll make you pay on the power play it worked against vancouver it helped against calgary they couldn't get a power play goal last night they only had three power plays i mean sure maybe if they would have got one would have changed the game so that's at least publicly that's woodcroft statement and i think that's ken holland's statement for the most part as well yes you want dogged and persistent and tough hockey players and aggressive hockey players if they come with that mentality uh, if not, the Oilers have a potent enough power play that that's how they can be threatening to teams. Now, I'm sure some of you don't agree with that philosophy, and I understand that because if it was like that, the team with the best power play would always win the Stanley Cup or often win the Stanley Cup. It usually doesn't work out that way. 780-496-0063. We'll talk more about that. Doug Brown is coming up. Jordan Martin, Nuke, it's Inside Sports on 10.